Welcome. Everything is fine. You're listening to Fork and Bullshirt, the Good Place podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Vivian. We'll be the architects of your journey into the afterlife. Today we're looking at Season 1, Episode 4, Jason Mendoza. This episode was written by Joe Mandy and was directed by Payman Benz, or Payman Benz, which I just feel like is not a real name. Like Payman? <laughs> Like, he changed his name because he, I don't know, got rich or something, and he's like, now my name's going to be Payman Benz. Poor Payman. Wait, but it is... You're just ripping all over <laughs> I'm him. I'm sorry. It's just an interesting name. <laughs> all right, this episode aired September 29th, 2016, and we'll get right into it. Gianyu explains how he survived in The Good Place and reveals his real name, Jason Mendoza. In a quick flashback... Eleanor drunkenly confesses to Jianyu that she doesn't belong. Eleanor welcomes Jason to the bottom of the barrel. So we start right off from last episode, which is great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What was your first impression of Jason in this episode? Holy moly, there's someone worse than Eleanor. (laughs) Worse than Eleanor? What an idiot. (laughs) He's so dumb. But like, in an endearing sort of way. Okay. He's... So pure in his idiocracy. (laughs) It's almost childish. True, true. He does kind of have like a childlike wonder in his eyes. Mm -hmm. And the decisions he makes are that of like a 10-year-old. Good point. Pretty much. A 10-year-old who's, I don't know, spending too much time on YouTube, I think. Mm. Yeah. But he still has a pure heart, which we learn in the episode. Which is, is weird because... What he wants and his hopes and his dreams are much like a lot of people. But he's just an idiot. Okay. I'm interested to hear a little bit more about this idea of yours that he has a pure heart. Because I feel like I'm going to disagree with you there. That's fair. <laughs> That's what we're here to discuss. Yeah. I In this scene, what I really love is that this show subverts our expectations again and again. Last episode, we're surprised to see Jianyu as an outsider. Like, he doesn't belong there either. Mm -hmm. And then maybe this is just stereotypical because this is how a lot of Asian people in the media are presented. Like, having Jason be an idiot is subverting our expectations. But we're used to seeing, like, Asian men generally be quite smart, right? And to see him as an idiot... uh, It's surprising. It's surprising, right? Absolutely. And he's he's funny and he's kind of charming because he's so stupid. Like, mm-hmm. he's like a little puppy that's rolled over on its back and can't figure out how to get onto its feet again. And then the way he talks, too, just saying, like, oh, that's a dope prank, gotta give it up. Like, mm-hmm. it's not what I expected. Not and even I from know, the show. I know that's because... My expectations are created by the media, which so far has not really shown me anyone like Jason. Mm -hmm. So I like that he's a different kind of character. Yeah. Yeah. Michael asks Tahani to help with the grand opening of a restaurant, The Good Plates. Jason welcomes Eleanor to his butthole so they can speak privately. In a flashback, Jason is offered an opportunity to fill in for a famous DJ named Acid Cat. I could hardly say butthole. Even now, I'm having trouble saying butthole. I know. I really wanted to <laughs> laugh when you said it. And I was just like, hold it in, Vivian. Go zen. Like, just be chill. And Jason isn't <laughs> even 
snickering at it or like he d- he's oblivious to the fact of what it sounds like so we see kind of the true comfort zone for jason mendoza it's kind of like he's getting his own room the one that like represents his essence like everybody has this home right that represents their true essence right and now he's got his own room to do that he had to ask for it he had to collect all the artifacts but he's got his own he's got a butthole yes he does (laughs) and i have to say i have definitely hung out with guys with rooms that pretty much look exactly like that yeah oh yeah yeah yeah, I think I, I mean, did I'm too. not proud of it. In high school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In high school, I had friends that had rooms like that, just like posters of girls everywhere, that kind of stuff, you know, like obviously messy, kind of. Uh, it's just not great. I it's gotta not say, great. It's pretty awesome. It's pretty terrible. It's pretty <laughs> awesome. It looks like a great place to hang out. It looks disgusting. It looks like one of those places <laughs> I would walk into and be like, I need to keep wearing my shoes, mm. which in Canada is a big deal. It is. That is a big okay, deal. Okay, we do not wear shoes in the house. No. Because why are you tracking That's mud weird. everywhere? I'm very confused by people who wear their shoes in their house. Unless yeah, you have, comfy. like, specific house shoes. And then that just seems weird. Why don't you just walk around in socks? Yeah, what's wrong with that? You double as comfort and cleaning the floor. Or dusting the floor. Mmm. Now you just made me feel bad about walking around in socks. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I don't know. I just don't want to imagine me, like, walking around picking up a bunch of dirt. Shuffle, 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 shuffle. Yeah, I don't want that. But that's why we wash our socks. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, those rooms always smell like teenage boy and food that's just that side of being bad. You know? He's got all these pizza boxes everywhere. No way those are all fresh pizzas. No, no, no. There's probably a few slices left in there. Some crusts. Yeah, those are some crusts that are starting to get like little stink lines above them. I know it. Yeah. Um, It's kind of nice. Like this scene, we see that Eleanor thinks she's found a kindred spirit in Jason. And in the first episode, we saw Jason and Eleanor lock eyes at the orientation. So it's kind of like... They felt that kinship right away, like they knew. Do you think that feeling lasted as soon as Eleanor found out about Jason, his true self? Because I I don't think it did. I don't think that that feeling lasted, no. I feel like Eleanor was like, hey, it's somebody on the same level. And then as soon as she met him and started talking to him, she was like, great, he's worse than I am. I'm better than him. Yes, no, I felt like she she felt that right at the beginning, Mm -hmm. but... It didn't last very long. Yeah. She basically needed to get to know him a little bit to realize that he's worse. Yeah. Yeah. But part of the reason that he's worse is that he doesn't have any moral exemplars. Mm -hmm. He has no filter. He has no filter, but he also has no good examples to go off of here. Like, yeah, he sees that Tahani is awesome and, you know, like, selfless and does all these nice things, but... He also has zero relationship with her. Yeah. Like, they don't talk. Yeah. He says his first words to her in this episode, right? So, this is Eleanor's opportunity to kind of be a little bit of 
that person for Jason, right? Yeah. Chidi is being that person for Eleanor, and Eleanor is passing that along to Jason. Right. Or she's trying to. Um, and I mean, we don't have any idea about Jason's upbringing. No. Or his backstory. No, we don't get any of that. Shown. So we can't really assume his childhood was terrible or great. He could just be a grade A moron from birth. In this episode, we don't get any information about his parents or home life or anything like that that might yeah. have caused him to be the type of person that he is. If we were going for yeah, nurture yes. versus nature. Yes, definitely. Um, just a quick... A quick little comment about Michael. Um, when he's talking to Tahani, his pure delight over suspenders is so charming. Like, he's just it so is. excited. And it's about this. He's giddy. He's He really, really is. And it's very sweet. Like, it's nice to see that side of Michael after kind of seeing all of this neurotic mm-hmm. overthinking. Right? That he's kind of getting seen. down on himself, too. Yeah, we've been seeing sort of that side of him in the last few episodes, and it's nice to just see him be happy and giddy and fun. About suspenders. Yeah, suspenders. Yeah. Which, I'll bring up, is a little strange because Tahani was raised in England. She should know that the English do not call suspenders suspenders. Oh. They're called braces. And oh. suspenders are actually what hold up your undergarments. Well, I'm glad they're not called braces. <laughs> not over here, anyway. Yeah, I just thought it was an interesting little thing okay. that they either missed or decided to completely ignore. There was one cut line specifically in this episode that uh, I thought they should have kept. It, it seems a little silly, but um, when Eleanor mentions taking classes with Chidi in the butthole... <laughs> um, Jason immediately says, I didn't know there were classes. I was sick. I have a note. And that I was sick, I have a note was cut. And I feel like cutting that out sh- kind of had a a feeling that Jason might have been interested in classes. Just the way he said it. Yeah, it like, like, oh, I oh, didn't, I didn't know, know there were classes. Yeah. This could be something I could sign up for. Maybe it's like body paint classes, but whatever. It could be anything. <laughs> like surfing classes. I don't know. Classes on how to eat wings. Super cool. But by adding, I was sick. I have a note. It shows immediately that he's just a weasel trying to get out of going to class. Yes. Yes, definitely. It, yeah, it does change sort of my impression of him because I don't feel like we really get that he's opposed to the idea of classes until the end of the episode. Right. But because he says that line in this uh, extended episode, we know right away that he's not interested. Yeah. There wasn't much else from this episode that was cut or extended. Uh, The previous episode, we had a whole new scene added and some rearranging of the scenes, but that was pretty much it. There was just a few smaller examples, but nothing worth mentioning. All right, moving on. During the preparations, Tahani discovers that Jianyu is not invited to tonight's grand opening. Meanwhile, Chidi is teaching Eleanor the basics of the philosophy of the self when their session is interrupted by Jason blasting EDM. (laughs) Okay. Tahani's noticeable disappointment that Jianyu was not invited was kind of touching. 
Yeah, it was, wasn't it? I was pleased to see that she's not she's not getting too frustrated or fed up or annoyed with him. She's trying to connect with him. She's really making an effort and not having him invited to the opening seems to have really gotten her a little upset. Yeah. Yeah, when she's telling Michael, you know, as the Brits say, try your best to hide your sadness. Yeah. I felt bad for her. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she really is trying and there's not all that much that she can do, but she's sad to see that he's having a hard time connecting with anybody mm-hmm. because he's not talking, Yeah, right? And then this is just an extension of that. Like, if he isn't connecting with anybody, then he won't be going to any events, which means they will spend less time together. He will have less time with other people. Mm-hmm. Like, I think she's just kind of thinking of all the consequences of this, yeah. you know, and, and getting pretty upset about it. Yeah, it's too bad. Mm-hmm. And Michael's legitimately thinking that it's makes the most sense because we don't want Jason or we don't want Jianyu to be a downer during the grand opening if he's not going to be talking to anybody. That's what makes sense to Michael. Yeah. It just seems like the whole neighborhood shouldn't be invited. Yeah, there shouldn't be any exclusions. Should there be really a guest list or should it just be everybody? Exactly. I mean, I guess the good plates couldn't really hold everybody and not everybody will be interested in going but the invitation should be open the good plates should be able to hold everybody so the good plates should be like the tardis sure yeah like I bigger mean, on the inside tahani has a mansion that's true the good plates could be a big restaurant that's very true that's so, very true no excuses there no michael. excuses michael we're looking at you <laughs> the architect quote unquote build a bigger restaurant <laughs> Um, I really like that Chidi takes the time to write his name on the board. <laughs> oh my gosh. Ethics 101, <laughs> Professor Chidi Anagonye. And I'm like, really? I think she knows your name, bud. <laughs> I don't I just think that's necessary. I just imagine him writing it on the board thinking, yes, this is good. <laughs> Makes me feel important. Maybe it's just the teacher in him. It's so yeah, ingrained. It's probably... He knows he needs to write his name down. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to talk about philosophy? Yeah, I do. I do want to talk about philosophy. Okay. Oh boy, everybody, take your seats, grab your pencil and paper. Yeah, buckle up. <laughs> it's learning time. It's learning time. It's Chidi's chalkboard time. <laughs> All right, so Chidi's subject uh, this episode is the concept of personal identity and what philosophy has to say about the self. Uh, So he's got a bunch of stuff written on his chalkboard, and I'm not going to touch on everything, because some things relate a little bit better, and we're going to be here for way too long if I go into everything. So. Yeah, and it's likely not all relevant. Well, it is, I like, from what I've gathered, it is all relevant, but some things are more relevant than others, and. Okay, that's uh, fair. Yeah. And really, we will be here for way too long if I try to explain everything. Um, so the first thing he has written is Plato's The Republic. So I think that this might be a reference to Plato's tripartite theory of the soul, which simply put means that the soul has three parts. Uh, Plato said that the soul had reason, spirit, and appetite. I won't go too much into that, uh, cause there is a little bit more, uh, relevant stuff here. 
Later, he he also writes uh, Locke. Of course, that's John Locke. Uh, yes. He also writes Locke, Parable of the Sock, which <laughs> I thought was... Oh, now that I'm saying that out loud, this sounds funny. Um, <laughs> hey, Locke, Parable of the Sock. <laughs> Are we talking about Lost? The very first scene we see Locke, he's looking at his sock. Oh my gosh. No. No. Okay, I don't think fine. so. Although, did he have a hole in that sock? Because that's a whole different story. Wow. <laughs> anyway. So, Locke's Parable of the Sock is actually um, an extension of the Ship of Theseus paradox. Theseus's paradox is a thought experiment that raises the question of whether an object that has had all its components replaced remains fundamentally the same object. So, Locke, in this scenario, um, is thinking about his favorite sock and if that develops a hole. He ponders whether the sock would still be the same after a patch was applied to the hole, and if it would be the same sock after a second patch was applied and a third patch was applied until all the material of the original sock had been replaced with patches. So it's asking, like, what what makes a thing a thing? You know, what makes, and by extension, what makes a person a person? Change over time versus all at once. So if you replace the ship all at once, obviously it's a new ship. But if you replace it over time, does it mean that's a new ship or is it the same ship? And some philosophers argue that as soon as one piece of that ship or one hole in that sock mm-hmm. is replaced or it is no uh, patched up, same. it is not no longer the same object, right. right? So there are some that may think that uh, every part can be replaced and it can still be the same. Others believe that not even one part can be replaced and have it still be the same object. Right. Right? So, how do you think that this relates to Eleanor? Why do you think that Chidi wrote this on his chalkboard? Well, uh, it could be about Eleanor changing herself. If she continues to change who she is, is she still Eleanor? Will she be the same Eleanor that was walking around on Earth? If she continues to change parts of her personality and keeps on changing and changing until she is no longer the same. Yes. Yes. I think that's how this relates to Eleanor. And I think that the two of us are probably on the same page and thinking that Eleanor won't be the same person and Mm -hmm. is already not the same person as she was when she came to the good place. Yeah. She's got a couple patches on her already. Yeah, exactly. The Eleanor sock is changing. Yeah, oh, maybe that's why he chose the sock metaphor. It's just interesting to see that he didn't put the ship of Theseus paradox on his chalkboard, and it, but instead decided to write Locke, parable of the sock, which every time I say now, I'm going to laugh at. So <laughs> anyway. I feel like it's a bit easier to grasp if it's just a simple object like a sock. Than an entire ship. Yeah. Okay, and yeah, that's possible. I got to bring up... Um, fans of John Dies at the End, the book by David Wong, brings up a, pretty much the exact same parable at the very beginning of the book. He mentions that there's an axe that gets a broken handle and mm-hmm. goes in to replace the handle, and then the head gets chipped, so he replaces the chipped head, and a demon that he slays in the beginning comes back and says, you know, that's the same axe that slayed me, and is he right? Is he wrong? So. Good, good point, good point. 
So along that same vein, we have Heraclitus who said, no man ever steps in the same river twice, for it is not the same river and he is not the same man. So nothing is identical to itself because everything, including both you and the river, is changing all the time. So he would definitely agree that the ship of Theseus changes as soon as a part of it changes, right? Eleanor has been changed by her experience in the good place already. What she has learned from Chidi, we see that she behaves differently. We see that her responses to certain things are different. Yeah. She may not be a perfect person at this point. Like She's already done a few good acts. But she's already done some good stuff, and we see that she is changing. Yeah fundamentally too um so it's interesting because that um the river and the man are not the same the river being a physical thing changing all the time whereas man being spirit soul personality experiences i think he's talking much more about the the inner man and not the physical man. Yes, but also the physical man too. Um, and this relates a little bit more like on Earth because in the good place we know that the body is not exactly as it is on Earth, right? We've seen um, someone's body change into like a Picasso face before. Right. It's very likely that they won't be aging. You know, right. what's the point in aging here? Yeah. Um, they can't be killed. So mm-hmm. there are certain things that are different about the body here. But yeah, the the idea is that, um, or the body theory proposes that uh, personal identity persists over time because you remain in the same body from birth to death. But that body does change over time. Like our skin cells, you know, change and uh, are destroyed. Like our red blood cells. Mm-hmm replenish yeah exactly so like the ship of theseus your parts are constantly changing for Locke, that the thing that makes you you is the non-physical stuff it's your consciousness so heraclitus might have been talking about both he might have been talking about the body and he was probably talking about consciousness as well but for Locke, that's what makes you you your consciousness So this relates to Jason Mendoza almost immediately because he says, no more pretending it's time to be myself. Yes. So Locke's Mm -hmm. memory theory uh, says that personal identity persists over time because you retain memories of yourself at different points. And each of those memories is connected to the one before it. So we are connected to ourselves through a chain of memory. If we can remember these moments of our lives, which we can pretty much assume that Jason's flashbacks are him remembering moments of his life. We maintain a memory link to that person. So he's still that person Mm -hmm. in John Locke's theory. That memory is yours. So you must be the same person who experienced that memory. We've built our lives and our society on the expectation that individuals will continue to be who they are unchanged. So even though we don't know a lot about Jason. We've gotten to know him a little bit this episode and our expectations of him are that he's going to stay pretty much this guy. Right. And that he is still that person. 
we don't know when those memories happened. We don't know if it was five years ago, three months before he died. We don't know. Right. But those flashbacks are giving us the idea that he's still that person. Mm -hmm. Just like the flashbacks of Eleanor. Yes. That there's still that person inside of her. That she still has that selfish, um, defensive, insecure side Mm -hmm. of her. Definitely. So you said we built our lives and our society on the expectations that individuals will continue to be who they are unchanged. Yes. So... Relating that to today, would that kind of be the same as the people around us, surrounding us, uh, family, friends, whatever? We expect them to continue to be who they are because of our memories of them? Yes, I think so. Yeah. Um, Which is interesting to me. It's, it's almost completely going against human nature of constantly evolving, constantly changing, updating our beliefs and our ideals based on our surroundings and the information that we're given yes absolutely but i don't think people change drastically from one day to the next right Mm -hmm. it's a slow evolution right so from what i know of for example my parents right i know what to expect from my dad i know what to expect from my mom based on your past experiences with them exactly based on my whole lifetime of knowing them and all of my past experiences with them and knowing what kind of people that they are, if all of a sudden tomorrow my dad, who is, um, you know, a kind, lovely person and also a vegan, if my dad tomorrow opens up a barbecue restaurant, it's going to be weird. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be really sudden weird. change like that, that's yeah. out of character, can be completely off-putting. Yeah, and our relationships with people are based on this idea that they are going to continue to be who they are. Right. I am in a relationship with you. I expect you to continue being more or less the same person that you are now. Right. I expect you to change. Grow as and evolve. We, yeah, as, as we, you know, grow older together. As cheesy as that is. Um, Lame. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um Uh, Yes, of course, I expect you to change, but if you change into a completely different person and that person has no relation to me anymore, then our relationship will change, right? So, I don't know. Like, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's just interesting. And also, when I think about the good place, it's built off that exact same expectation, right? That people won't change. Exactly. That people aren't going to all of a sudden feel the desire to do some really bad stuff once they get to the good place. Yeah, that's an interesting right? thought. Because we're assuming... Well, because these people are inherently good. Yeah, we're so. assuming that because they live truly good lives on Earth and they've done really good things that they will continue to do good things in the good place. Right. It would be surprising to have someone in the good place... Say, hey, great, now that I'm here, I'm going to act like a total jerk. (laughs) Or, Janet, can I get a rocket launcher and just blow people up? Yeah. But, I mean, they can't die, but still. But you could still bug them. Yeah. That would be rather irritating and destructive. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Chidi actually quotes uh, Lao Tzu. He says, knowing others is wisdom and knowing the self is enlightenment. And of course, Eleanor makes a (laughs) 
awful masturbatory joke. Of course. Um, Lao Tzu said that he thought we needed to be in touch with our real selves. He thought that our ego was often in the way and that we needed to be receptive to the outside world rather than focusing on a critical and too ambitious internal image. He said, when I let go of who I am, I become what I might be. Mm -hmm. Which is interesting to think of in terms of Eleanor and in this episode, Jason. Yeah. Who you are is based on who you were. But we need to allow ourselves room to grow and change. Eleanor is at that point. She, she is realizing she needs the room to grow and change. She needs to let go of who she was in order to become who she can be. Exactly. And she's doing part of that work by being in Chidi's classes, right? Yeah. And we see that Jason is very attached to who he was on Earth. Yeah, he's got his butthole full of stuff that he would have had on earth exactly he would like but at the same time the whole idea of the good place is hang on to who we were because each person is given a house or a dwelling based on who they were so true that's almost counterproductive well, it's said that their homes are based off of their true essence. Okay, yeah. And some philosophers believe that that essence, whether that is a soul, a life change. source, a life force, yeah, it doesn't change. Right, okay. That it persists over time. All right, then I retract my previous statement because I agree now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I Yeah, I just like it. <gasps> Did I just grow and change? Oh my gosh. Lao Tzu Have I reached so enlightenment? Proud. No. <laughs> Damn it. I was so close. So close. Maybe next episode. <laughs> so the last thing I want to touch on is David Hume's A Treatise of the Self. Chidi mentions this book. He asked Eleanor if she's read it, which don't let Eleanor read it all by herself because know, come right? on. Seriously, I was reading a lot of this stuff and for some reason I was just like, Having the hardest time wrapping my brain around Hume's theories. Oh, God. It's so simple, though. It. <laughs> I'm the, giving him a death stare right now. death stare. <laughs> wow. No, I'm right with Eleanor. I read it once, and then I had to read it again because I had no idea what I read. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how I felt. Um, But I, I did find a pretty simple summary of it. Anyway. So Hume believed that the so-called self... It's just a bundle of impressions consisting of a zillion different things. My body, my mind, my memories, preferences, emotions, even labels that are imposed on me by others. I was watching a Crash Course video and Hank Green explains this theory by using an example of a box with your name on it. He said you could fill the box with everything that makes you who you are. So your political leanings, your interests, your responsibilities, your relationships. But then you just take away the box. Because the self is just a shorthand for all the things in the box. Your childhood box will be totally different than your adult box. We are ever-changing bundles uh, of impressions that our minds are fooled into thinking is a constant. So there is no box, is what I'm telling you. Do you get it, Jason? <laughs> yeah, so yeah. all of us that makes us who we are is not our body. Yes, it's not our body, and there's nothing that really holds any of this together. 
is what he's saying. Just this meat bag that carries around everything. We just feel like it is. Yes. Because that's just, it's almost like we can't help it. We can't help but think who we are is contained in our body. Yeah, is contained in, in this example, a box. Yeah. But what Hume is saying is there is no box. There is nothing actually holding any of this together. There is no container. We are just a sum of all these contents, right? Mm -hmm. There's nothing holding those contents together. I mean, physically there is. Yes, physically. But he's saying, like, as far as we think of a self, there is no real self. Right. Which is, honestly, it's hard to grasp. Yeah, it is a little bit tough for me to understand because that's not how I live my life, right? Yeah. And it's not how I've understood myself as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, I am me. Yeah. I am what makes me me. Everything that is me is contained in me. Yeah. But when you think about it, what am I if not a sum of my experiences? Um, And then Chidi mentions that this bundle theory is actually really close to Buddhism when Eleanor says that she wants to go spend time with Jianyu. So like Hume, the Buddha's views on personal identity can be understood as a type of bundle. For the Buddha, the word human is only a conventional name of a collection of different constituents, and human existence depends on this collection, and it dissolves when the collection breaks up. So Hume compares the soul to this kind of, like, commonwealth. And it retains its identity, not by its virtue of some enduring core substance, like we think it does, but by being composed of many different related and yet constantly changing elements. So constantly changing contents in the box. Like our box from childhood is not our box from adulthood. Right. And my box from last year is not my box from this year. Mm -hmm. Heck, my box from yesterday might be totally different than my box from today, right? Right. So... The two of them both didn't didn't really believe in this idea of, like, a self mm-hmm. and thought that it was just more a collection of our experiences and interests and all of that. So that's why Chidi was so pleased that Eleanor said she was going to go hang out with Jianyu because Chidi's like, great, he's Buddhist. This has relation to what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Chidi thought that Jianyu was talking now because Eleanor said, like, I befriended Jianyu... And I thought that I could learn from him. Did he expect Eleanor to go over and like meditate? With I, I don't think Chidi thought that he was talking. I think Chidi thought Eleanor was going to go shadow him, follow him around, see what he did during the day. If he went to meditate, then she would join him. Or if he went to, I don't know, pick flowers or, you know, spend time just being Jianyu. Yeah. She could learn she could learn a lot from some silence. That's true. Silence and just opening yourself up to the world, as Lao Tzu would say, mm-hmm. is really important. And learning from your environment is really important. Which, yes, you learning from nature, definitely. And like learning the strength of the mountains and the resilience of the trees and mm-hmm. all of these things, but also learning from your environment, like the people around you. Yeah, and how you interact with people makes yeah. a big difference. Yeah, which is partly what Eleanor is doing and what Jason is failing to do. Yes. He may be seeing all of these great people surrounding him, but he's not taking any lessons from any of that. No. All yeah. he's concerned with is, how can I keep hiding? Yeah. 
And now he says, I want to be who I am. I can't. It's like he didn't hear a single word that Eleanor says when he's like, you're right. No more pretending. It's time to be myself. No. Um, who yourself sure, is awful. Pretty sure Eleanor didn't tell you that, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just wanted to ask, what do you think the reason was for including Hume's A Treatise of the Self? Like this whole bundle theory. What do you think that relates to in this episode? Well, Eleanor is being surrounded by all these good people. Mm-hmm. And perhaps that will have a huge impact on her learning with Chidi. Yeah. So adding to her bundle, surrounded by Jianyu, Tahani, Michael, all the inhabitants of the good place will help her become better. So, so we'll change the contents of that bundle. Right. So the bundle she had when she died, we're pretty much getting rid of that and starting a new, uh, starting a new box. Hmm. And I think it's interesting to think of it too, in the sense that Eleanor is still somewhat attached to this idea of the self and who she thinks she is. Right. Right. Um, as though part of that is unchanging. Like, as though part of that cannot be changed. Yeah, she almost feels like she can't change. So, I mean, at the start of this, at the start of the show, Mm -hmm. and accepting help from Chidi is the start of her change. Yes. And I see less of um, a resistance with Eleanor than I do with Jason. Mm -hmm. I think Jason is very much attached to... This is who I am. I cannot really change, not fundamentally, because this idea of the self is so ingrained in his mind, like, this is who I am, Yeah, that he is pretty much unwilling at certain points in this episode to even try to change any of the contents of that bundle. Yeah. Yeah. He says, I'm just going to continue to be me. Yeah. No. No, 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 no. No. That's not, not what not we were a, talking about. Not a good about. idea. Not no. a good idea. Not when you're a crappy person. <laughs> not a good idea to start blasting EDM into Hani and your house. All right. Moving on. Before Eleanor can explain everything to Chidi, Tahani returns home. Jason responds to her question, and Tahani assumes that Eleanor and Chidi are helping Jianyu regain the confidence to speak again. Tahani convinces Michael to add Jianyu to the guest list for tonight's event. Once they're safely inside Jason's butthole... Eleanor explains everything to Chidi. In a flashback, Jason confesses that he's not Acid Cat and is booed off the stage. So, right off the top here, I think Tahani's not understanding the vow of silence that Jianyu has taken. She says that Eleanor and Chidi are helping him regain confidence to talk again. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't think valves of silence have anything to do with confidence. No. That's not no. their purpose. No, I don't think so. So she really doesn't understand the situation. No, I don't think she understands she as much like as she... She feels like that's the excuse yeah. that she's given herself. Like, oh, he's not confident enough around me or around anybody to talk. Oh. So we have to build up his confidence. And that's an excuse for her because she thinks, oh, it's just... It's me, or it's something else. So this is a problem that can be fixed. But that's not what, again, that's not what a vow of silence is. No, and that's interesting you bring that up, 
now I'm thinking, does Tahani think so much of herself that she thinks that Jason is, or that Jianyu is just nervous around her? Oh, okay. Or uh-huh. does she think that this is a problem to be solved instead of a part of who he is and, like, his beliefs, right? Because mm-hmm. you're saying, like, she doesn't understand what, why he took this vow of silence. Yeah. She thinks that it's a... It's a confidence issue, which immediately becomes a problem that she, she can solve, right? Yeah. If she works hard enough. And Michael said that he's taken his vow of silence since he was eight, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> can you imagine not talking for, what, like 12 years or however long it's been? No. You would forget for a day in high school... A day, a whole day, I didn't talk. Grade nine, I thought I would try an experiment. I just wouldn't talk. Okay. By the end of the day, people in my class were, or like my friends, didn't understand because I didn't tell them ahead of time. They had no idea what was going on. (laughs) I was like being edgy or something. I don't know. Oh my gosh. But your mom was probably like freaking out. Why isn't Jason talking to me? This was, it was just for the school day. It wasn't. Okay. at home anyway. I barely talked to my mom at home anyway. Oh, okay. So like six <laughs> hours was really hard for you? <laughs> oh, absolutely. In high school? Yeah. That's a long time. That's and true. by the end of that time, I almost forgot what I sounded like. Yeah. Which is, it was. it's a little weird. And it's it was a fun experiment, especially getting the reactions from people. But Of course. Yeah. But af- if after less than a full day, you start to forget what you sound like i can only imagine after multiple years decades what sort of issues you have yeah and you might it's it's very possible that you might have some issues and i'm not saying that if jianyu decided you know he wanted to start talking um, and decided to break his vow of silence that he wouldn't have some issues with confidence. He might feel a little bit self-conscious talking because it's been so long. But it's interesting that that's all Tahani sees. She's not really thinking about, oh, why has he suddenly decided to break his vow of silence? Mm-hmm. Uh, what has changed? Especially since he wasn't, he didn't break that vow of silence immediately when he came to the good place. Like, why yeah. is he deciding now? Um but I also like that Tahani immediately thinks that Eleanor and Chidi have good intentions. They're trying to help. You know, yeah. we have that sort of classic moment of Tahani looking at them being like, oh, you have a whisper in your sneaker box, which, <laughs> what does that even mean? I looked it up and it's nothing. Okay, but... It's not a phrase, it's not slang, it's just... I really want to use that anytime you have a secret, though. I'm going to be fantastic. like, Jason, you have a whisper in your sneaker box. <laughs> It's a good saying. Yeah. Anyway, but we have that sort of classic setup where you think that Tahani's going to, you know, pin them on something. That she's yeah. going to really figure out what's happening. And she misinterprets the whole thing. And she misinterprets it, but she's also believing that they have good intentions, which yeah. is very sweet. Yeah, yeah, because she believes that they're friends now after the day that she spent with Eleanor last episode. Yep. Calling she, her bestie. Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> besties now. Oh. So from what we know of this episode alone, Jason is definitely worse than Eleanor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, he was lazy. He might have killed a manatee. He lied selling fake drugs to college kids. 
Uh, and Eleanor, Eleanor's response to that was like, okay, that's a legitimate way to make money. Not a great way. <laughs> nope. Um, he blew up someone's speedboat, well, Acid Cat's speedboat. Yep. And he proposes that they blackmail Michael. With nudes. With nudes, which is just beyond frustrating because that has happened to women everywhere. <laughs> and Sorry. it's just so. I'm laughing because Ugh. I can just imagine Michael taking selfies. Just <laughs> Michael like. Michael would be like so entranced oh, by the idea of selfies. But I don't believe that he would have nudes. <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> he probably isn't. I mean, we know he's not human. No, he's probably like a Ken doll when you take his clothes off anyway. All right. Why would he bother giving himself a penis? Michael the Ken doll. Anyway. That's the title of our episode. No. Out of I context. said penis. <laughs> I didn't want to say penis on this podcast. We want to bleep it out? <laughs> anyway, whatever. It's Why fine. don't you want to say penis? I don't know. This is just weird. It's not that weird. <laughs> oh my God, are you going to be awkward with your kids? Like, mommy, what's that? That's a penis. I'm going to try not to be. You're not going to be like, that's I, a wang I'm, dang no doodle. No guarantees here. I'm not going to call it a wang dang doodle. I can tell you that. That's a trouser snake. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. So he's he's definitely worse than Eleanor, right? Like, he's, no he's got to be worse. Okay. But it's weird because can you be worse without knowing that you're worse? Yeah, I guess so. Like, Eleanor knew that she was a crappy person. She has bad intentions. Everything she does is cruel or well, everything she did i think it's important to say she that did, she did right? everything she did back on earth was malicious or eh, i don't know if it was malicious necessarily i okay, think it we, was we just get out some of... maliciousness in the next couple episodes yeah i think from what we've seen eleanor's intentions were usually just self very selfish yeah yeah very very selfish but she knew what she was doing. Yeah. Every she time did. she knew exactly what she was doing. But she, are we saying that Jason had zero idea of the consequences? I'm that's exactly what I'm saying. I don't think he's that dumb. I think he's that dumb. Okay. I think he's that dumb. He has no idea of the consequences of his actions. Okay. He that's why I believe he's pure. Because he genuinely does everything that he does purely instinctively. He wants something, he does it. Yeah, I think this is probably a conversation best left to like another episode mm-hmm. uh, further down the line because I'm not really sure how I feel about that right now. Like, okay. I don't think he's that dumb, but maybe I'm remembering him being a little smarter than he is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll uh, we'll put a hold on that. Yes, we'll put a pin in that definitely. At the grand opening of The Good Plates, the dinner is everyone's favorite meal. Michael suggests that everyone share the memory of their favorite meal, and Jason is tired of pretending to be someone else. Eleanor ruins Chef Patricia's cake to cause a distraction. A sinkhole opens up in the floor of the restaurant. Everyone's favorite meal. That's pretty cool. You want to talk about some of those favorite meals? Uh, yeah, actually I do. Because some guy has a bowl of M&M's. It looks like a bowl of peanut M&M's. And then I also started to wonder, like, did people fill out a survey? No. Or was it just at some point in your life you thought, man, this is my favorite meal. And then The Good Place, like the architects of The Good Place, just what? 
wrote that down somewhere in your file. Janet says there's a file. I feel like it's similar to their houses. Okay. It's just based on their essence. So they get an idea of their perfect meal from their past. Okay. So why does this guy have a bowl of M&M's? We don't know his story. That's true. We don't know his story. Although it's I just, can't imagine yeah. him being very filling. I mean, peanuts are good in protein. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. He could have some like really wonderful memory attached to the M&M's, I guess. Yeah. A really amazing Halloween, I guess. I don't know. Um, I just kind of like it because it's so weird. You know, you're seeing everyone's meals and it's like, some sort of meat or something like that, you know, or... And one guy had takeout? Yeah, there was, there's like, fried chicken and a bunch of different things. But then just a bowl full of colorful M&Ms is a weird one. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like cheaties, actually. As, okay. I know Ugh. you don't like fish. No. And, well, I don't eat fish, but I like... You like peanut they, butter. I love peanut butter. I love peanut butter, and I would probably like this if I ate meat, so I'm I'm cool with it. Um, but I like that they chose this because mafe is a common West African dish, but they made it a little bit different because it's typically made with beef, chicken, or goat, and here we see that Chidi's is unique. It has slow-roasted perch. It's fish, which I couldn't find any recipes of mafe made with, with fish. fish. Huh. So I like that it's unique because it says it's his grandmother's recipe, right? Right. So there's something unique about it. There's something special. And it was just nice to see him feel really happy for that one moment. Like just... He's been pretty stressed. He's been very stressed. And especially in this episode, ever since he found out that Jason isn't supposed to be here either, like, it's Eleanor all over again, right? It's the stress of that all over again. could barely handle Eleanor. And now there's another one. (laughs) <laughs> yeah he's getting double the stomach aches exactly the poor guy anyway i just thought it was nice yeah it was just it's like a nice his grandma moment. taking a traditional dish and putting her spin on it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. eleanor's empty dish yes eleanor's empty dish which so sad so sad so so sad chef um, patricia probably really had to uh bust her back over that one. Oh yeah big time she was like oh my god at least someone was on a hunger strike <laughs> um What I actually really want to point out in this scene is that Michael says, at some point, everyone in this neighborhood will fulfill his or her soul's true purpose. That's scary to me. That's interesting to me. What does that mean? I know. it's It threw me off because that sounds to me like they don't have a purpose right now or they don't know their purpose. And I feel like that's something that should be told to them like right away that sounds like destiny to me it sounds like your soul has a true purpose and you you just haven't figured it it out yet so everybody on earth right now never reaches their true purpose until Mm, you die yeah maybe not and then only then can you start your journey which is messed up yeah it's it's a very interesting line i don't uh i don't know exactly what it means here like does it mean that you didn't fulfill any of that in your life does it mean that it was something you weren't able to fulfill until you came to the afterlife is it something that has been changed now that you are here in the good place like 
it is now your soul's true purpose, but you already had your soul's true purpose on mm. Earth. Like, can you have more than one true purpose? Um, but then what happens if yeah. you, like Patricia, Chef Patricia, she reached hers by creating the restaurant. Now what? Yeah. Does she just do this for the rest of the, her afterlife? Yeah. She just runs a restaurant. And I know, of course, because the point of the good place is happiness. So she would be totally happy and content doing that. Yeah. And does that just mean achieving your own happiness? Does that mean that Chidi's true destiny and purpose is writing his book? Yeah. Is that his soul's true purpose? It's possible. Can you decide your own true purpose? Does or Michael, does Michael know? Does Michael know? Yeah. Because if he's trying to lead Chidi away from, you know, writing his manuscript, maybe that's because that's not Chidi's true purpose. Right. Interesting. Um, I actually thought of Aristotle in this moment because I wondered if this could be eudaimonia, which Aristotle... um explained was basically like human flourishing that comes from living a virtuous life and from being the best person that you can be. So this feeling of eudaimonia, which is usually translated as happiness, but is more accurately human flourishing. Um, is that this soul's true purpose? Like flourishing in life? Yeah. But flourishing here in the afterlife, like mm -hmm. being the best that you can be, is that what Patricia is doing? Right. And is that what he is expecting from everyone else? Yeah, because so. how weird and frustrating would it be to be in the good place and just going about your day-to-day -day activities? Mm -hmm. You, I think everybody intrinsically needs a purpose and a drive, something that powers them, something yeah. that gets them through. Pushes you forward. Exactly. Yeah. So it's interesting. I'd really love to hear what listeners think about that line because there's a lot we can it's a pretty get hefty from that. Line. It's a pretty hefty line for sure. For sure. So Chidi and Eleanor return with Jason to his butthole. Chidi offers to teach Jason and Eleanor insists that he come to classes. In a flashback, Jason and his friend set fire to Acid Cat's speedboat. The following morning, Jason joins Eleanor and Chidi for ethics class. The episode ends with Tahani staring into the growing sinkhole. So now that we're at the end of the episode, what are your thoughts on the flashbacks? I, I like the flashbacks. Yeah. Because it's nice to take a break. We've had three episodes of Eleanor. Mm -hmm. I feel like Jason's flashbacks are better than Eleanor's because they do a better job showing the type of person he is. Okay. We see different parts of jason different aspects of his personality in each of those flashbacks okay what do we see so we know that he has drive we know that he has something that he wants that he's passionate about okay and he gets shut down because he has no talent oh so we learn that despite having the urge and the the will to do something he just he sucks at it yeah and then we find out in the next flashback that he's actually performing. He's just doing what he's been told to do. Yes. And then he decides to break out of his mold. So he's like, I'm not going to do what you want me to do. I'm going to be myself. Mm -hmm. And then he gets shut down again. And then in the last flashback, him and his buddy are discussing Jason's dreams. Like mm -hmm. what he wants to do. He's like, I got dreams. I want to go places. 
you can see he he really has passion. Oh. He's got things that he wants to do. Yeah, okay. He's got a dream. He's got a dream. I've got a dream. And then a split second a later, he yeah. throws the Molotov cocktail onto Acid Cat's speedboat. Which I love that he doesn't say, pass me the Molotov cocktail. He says, pass me the thing that blows it up. Yeah. <laughs> like, because that's <laughs> because Jason. That's, he doesn't know what it is. It's just a bottle with a, a cloth. Okay. But I think each of those shows a great range. Okay. More so than Eleanor's flashbacks. Okay. I think they're fairly effective at showing us what kind of person Jason was. Mm-hmm. But I also don't feel like I'm getting a lot of insight into why he is the way he is. Um, there's something about these flashbacks that doesn't really work for me. Okay. I just... I feel like I'm lacking some sort of information about Jason. I think we all are. We're looking for brains. <laughs> We're looking for some measure of intelligence. intelligence. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just feel like I'm missing something. Um, obviously, Jason has a desire to be himself. And that's part of what a big part of what this episode is about. Like he says he doesn't want to keep pretending to be Acid Cat. Mm-hmm. And he wants to be able to make a name for himself and be appreciated for who he is. And he tells his friend, you know, I want people to know that Jason Mendoza is a beautiful, unique soul. And you're like, okay, <laughs> how are you a beautiful and unique soul? And we don't see it. Yet we don't really see it. And then why are you so determined? Is there a reason why you're so determined? What's his drive? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So there's just something kind of lacking there for me in the flashbacks. They don't really work as well mm-hmm. as Eleanor's for some reason. Mm. I feel like I prefer what's going on with him now in the good place. I'd rather see more of that. Um, and just his reactions. Like Manny Jacinto is great whenever Eleanor is telling him like, you can't be yourself. You can't. <laughs> His facial act like like you you have to be better and he just gets this like horribly crushed look on his face and it just makes me want to know who hurt you like <laughs> but i do like that we're obviously doing like a parallel between like acid cat and jianyu you know jason put on the mask of jianyu when he arrived in the good place just like he was doing with acid cat mm-hmm. and now he's trying to shed that disguise again despite but he's getting that same kind of boo boo reaction from from eleanor Eleanor and from chidi both telling him like you have to be better than this you can't be yourself because bro you suck (laughs) oh man oh eleanor just smacking the controller out of jason's hands when he says no thanks to chidi's lessons (laughs) Is so satisfying because in that moment I was so pissed off at him. Mm-hmm. And when she just smacks it out of his hands, I was like, yes, you do that. <laughs> she did exactly what you wanted to do. Yes. <laughs> like, stop playing the damn game and you pay attention to what I'm saying because it's important. <laughs> it's a good transition into the next point, which is Eleanor and Chidi. Oh, I have feelings about them again. <laughs> <laughs> did they ever go away? 
Uh, I don't know. There's just certain moments. <laughs> yeah. I just it's like a rush of feelings, and I'm like, oh, you guys. She's just <laughs> defending the crap out of him and demanding his demanding Jason respect him mm-hmm. and to give him the time that he deserves. Yeah, absolutely. She's genuinely grateful for Titi and all the help that he's been giving her, and that he's also offering this help to Jason. Mm-hmm. She calls him kind and selfless and amazing and it was just it was nice to hear Eleanor just say those compliments she didn't have to say that she no. could have just said hey Chidi's offering you you know a chance to be better so stop being the worst but instead here she's like raining compliments on Chidi yeah. and making him all like blushy <laughs> he looks away when she says that he's amazing and he's got this sort of like, oh. Stop it. Stop it. Stop, don't stop. <laughs> no, but he actually has sort of like a, oh, I can't believe she's saying this sort of look on his face. And it just makes my heart melt a little. And maybe he's also thinking, maybe my work is working. Mm-hmm. Maybe this help is actually doing something. Oh, I just got feelings again because he's proud of her. Yeah, exactly. He's super proud of her at that uh, moment. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's really sweet. <laughs> student has become the teacher. Okay, okay not, not, quite, not, not yet. yet. No. <laughs> not yet. No. But I do like that she says to Jason, like, you can't be yourself just because you suck. It's like, you need to be a better version of yourself. Don't change everything about you. Just, yeah. I'm sure who you are, there's someone who's great in there. Just be better. She's not telling him he needs to change everything. Just that he needs to work on being a kinder, more selfless, generous type of person. I like that. Be a better version of yourself. Yeah, and that's part of what humans do, right? We set goals for ourselves. We try to be better people most of the time. Or at least a lot of people do, not always. Yeah. But everybody can grow and... And learn and, you know, leave behind bad habits and prejudices and all kinds of stuff that makes us crappy people yeah you know and bad to each other and bad to ourselves right so yeah yeah, that's nice (laughs) okay do you laugh every time he says i'm ready to learn about ethnics (laughs) because (laughs) i do (laughs) he busts in the room he opens the door and he's he like he does a kramer entrance basically oh he does it's great i'm ready to learn about ethnics and bless your heart (laughs) Oh, Jason, yeah. Jason, Jason. You're so dumb. <laughs> I'm so dumb. Huh? Oh my that God. works for both you and him. <laughs> anyway, this okay. This isn't Burger of the Week. We can drop all the, the wordplay. Yes. Okay. Shout out to Burger of the Week. <laughs> Shout out to our other podcast. Tuesdays. Uh, <laughs> Tuesdays? It's on Sunday. Sundays. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah, we do a Bob's Burgers podcast. Uh, we release it on Sundays. It's called Burger of the Week. Check it out if you're at all interested. In that. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here. Live from our studio audience. <laughs> uh, all right. Back to the good place. Yeah, let's get cracking. Teach. Oh, I love that line. I love that line because... Eleanor just has this, like, renewed passion and interest in her lessons. I love it. It's great. I think she started to realize, like, okay, I, I was I was slacking. Because at the beginning of the episode, we see that, 
you know, she hasn't read the book. She's like, oh, I, I read it. I, I tried to read it. I tried to want to read it. <laughs> you know? And then seeing Jason act so immaturely and just refuse to learn and be better was like a wake-up call that she needed, I think. Do you think she saw a bit of herself in Jason? Yeah. Yeah, I think she saw that kind of appeal of just being lazy. Like, just sticking with who you are, mm-hmm. right? And just hiding. But since the first episode, we know that Eleanor isn't just here to hide. She is planning on being a better person. She's making efforts towards that. So I think she sees Jason and goes, oh, that would be easy. Like, it would be easier to just stay who I am, you know, stop working on myself and just hide. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of times people would like to take the easy way out. Oh, absolutely. A lot of people do. Yes, they do. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, they do. Mm -hmm. And I like that she's encouraging Jason as soon as he gets there. You know, he sits down and she's (laughs) like, I'm proud of you. This is your first step towards not sucking, which is a really (laughs) sweet moment. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's it's a great complicit. Complinsult? Is it negging? (laughs) Yeah, kind of. Okay. Kind of. That doesn't make Eleanor seem great. No, but... Because negging's the worst, but... But uh, it's still a great line. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, a sort of negative compliment, I guess. Yeah. But it works off of what she said, you know, in their earlier conversation. Like, hey, you suck, but I suck too. Yeah, we both suck. That's why we're here. That's That's why why the two of us are, are... In this situation. Yeah. So. Do you have any last thoughts before we get to our spoiler zone? And our emails. And our emails. Mm-hmm. Overall, episode, good. A lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It takes the show in a new turn. What I, did you think of the ending, actually, with, with Tahani, Tahani, like, noticing that the sinkhole is getting bigger? It was interesting. It was kind of a slower ending. It was kind of mellow. Yeah, I agree. Michael did say that the sinkhole would be repairing itself in three days. But we are given evidence that it's not. Mm-hmm. So, that it's getting worse, in fact. Yeah. And Tahani's reaction is just... Run away! Yeah, it's just... I don't know. It seemed like a blasé ending. Yeah. It could have been a bit more punchy. I think so, too. Um, A lot of people were were wondering, actually, when this episode ended, if maybe Tahani saw the bad place, like, through that, um, through that sinkhole, or if she saw something, like, terrifying down there, like, I don't know, demons crawling up or something like that, but I never really assumed that. Yeah, me neither. I always figured, okay, so the sinkhole is getting bigger. Well, that sucks. They'll figure it out, because, I mean, we still have to have a show, So I guess I was just never really all that worried about it. And then after having the first three episodes always end with like a nice punch and sort of change the world a little bit for us. You know, our first episode, we've got Eleanor asking Chidi, hey, are you going to help me stay here? And then there we go. That's our story. And the second episode ending with... You don't belong here. Yep. And then our third episode with the reveal that, hey, Jianyu is not Jianyu. Mm -hmm. Right? It's Jason. This one was kind of 
was kind of meh for yeah. me. Yeah. And next week we have our Tahani episode. Ooh, what's yeah. that one called? That one is called Category 55 Emergency Doomsday Crisis. Now there's an episode title for you. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. I don't think the Doomsday Crisis has anything to do with Tahani, but you're going to have to tune in next week to find out. <laughs> yeah, we'll chat about that and some other stuff. Unless you just think that's like Tahani's nickname. Anyway. Okay. Yes, that will bring us to the end. If uh, if you have watched the show in its entirety, then please join us for the spoiler zone after the music. If not, then don't. So that'll bring us to the end of Forking Volshirt, a multiverse radio production. If you like our show, please leave a rating and a review on iTunes. Thank you so much to the people who already have. I really wish that we had like a some sort of talent and that we could like do. <laughs> that sounds mean. Wow. But I mean, I listen Thanks. to podcasts where like they do music or they do some sort of poetry and I wish there was, there was something we could do for the people who leave us reviews. Tune in next week when you find out what we do for you after you send us an email because I don't know. Yeah, I can't think of anything. Or maybe I do. I'm just keeping it a secret. If you really love this show, tell your friends about it, you know, retweet, um, tweet about us, put it on Facebook, whatever. Just share it. Make a custom shirt and walk around town with it. Yes. That says hashtag fork and bullshirt. And hashtag if you don't watch this show, then you're going to the bad place. Ooh, I like that. (laughs) Don't do that. Okay, fine. Okay. (laughs) But thank you very much to the people who have left a rating and review on iTunes. Uh, We really appreciate it. If you have thoughts you want to share, you can find us on Twitter at Multiverse Radio and use the hashtag FBullshirt so that we'll find your tweets. Or you can find us on Facebook at Multiverse Radio Podcast and you can visit our website, multiverseradio.ca, where you can send us an email. Yeah. And we will see you next week for our review of Episode 5, Category 55 Emergency Doomsday Crisis, a.k.a. To honey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, toodles, poodles. Bye. Spoiler zone. Spoiling everything. Spoiling food. Spoiling movies. Dumbledore dies. <laughs> I was going to say spoiling books, but okay, let's spoil the good place. No one cries over spoiled milk, Jason. It's spilled milk. (laughs) I know. You just just spoiled that analogy. (laughs) Moving on. Okay, so we're going to spoil the good place. So don't be here if you haven't watched it. Yeah, get out. If you haven't watched it, just get out. Yeah, if you haven't watched it, someone will know and a grandmother will attack you with her broom. How will she lift her broom when she's walking with her walker? No, no. Maybe she's, she's got very... brooms on the feet of her walker. She's a very mobile grandmother. Okay. <laughs> mobile mobile yes. unit grandma. Oh my god. She's responding to the Category 55 Doomsday Crisis. <laughs> anyway. Alright. So we get a few uh, hints that this is not the good place in this episode. Um, when Jason says, yeah, when Jason says, 
Everyone here thinks I'm Taiwanese. I'm Filipino. That's racist. Heaven is so racist. Yeah. In heaven, people wouldn't be racist? Michael would obviously know that he's Filipino. Yes. Michael knows everything. Yeah, Michael knows who he is, but he's making him someone from a different culture. Yeah. And Eleanor says to Jason, they're talking about Tahani and how she doesn't know. And she says, well, that's great for us. It's a huge bummer for her, which hell is other people, man. Like, yeah, they're just causing problems for each other. They are making their own lives hell. So, oh, we set up Jason's attraction to Janet right away in this episode, which is great. Like, Uh is she single? She's not human. <laughs> but I like that we set it up right away yeah. and it made me excited for the future because I really do like Jason and Janet. I think oh they're God. adorable <laughs> and so out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, I never expected that to happen. So that was fun. That was really entertaining. For I thought me. they were going to drop it immediately after this episode. Like, that, that comment was just going to be like a one off thing. Like, oh, hey, yeah. is she single? And then. Just as kind of a joke thing. But nope, they went the full distance. Mm-hmm. They got mm-hmm. them married. That's going to be really interesting to talk about. I'm excited for that. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else you want to say? There wasn't a whole lot for me for this episode for spoiling things. I didn't notice too many looks, offhand remarks. I did notice that Chidi is just stressing out even more. Yes, poor Chidi. So this, I feel like he's getting it the worst right now. Yeah, he's kind of being tortured a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't yes, feel he like is. he did anything bad enough to deserve that. Uh, it's 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 up for debate for that episode. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's interesting. He's getting picked on. Last episode, the episode before that. Oh yeah, he's getting stomachaches galore. Poor guy's gonna get an ulcer. In the... This is the bad place, That's Jason. True. This is the bad That's place. That's true. He'll get an He ulcer. will get many. He'll get many. Belly full of them. Do you want to bring up uh, Alan's email? Uh, sure. So, thank you, Alan. We got your email. Yes, thank you. And also, I hope you like our new and improved Spoiler Zone song lyrics that we totally didn't just make up on the spot. No, not at all. <laughs> I mean, we spent months recording and coming up with the the tunes yep (laughs) yep uh alan says that the flashbacks could be doing double duty by showing us that the world is actually full of pretty crummy people Mm -hmm. so the flashbacks doing a bit of world building um and they certainly do a good job at doing that um and i especially just before i get into that i love your comment about um (laughs) so for an example you bring up is Eleanor's co-workers don't seem very interested in her as a person. And I quote, this could be because she's a paper-snarfing jerk. <laughs> and I absolutely love that. So thank you, Alan, because paper-snarfing jerks I, needs to be added into my vocabulary. <laughs> New band name? Yeah. Also, I've just never heard that before. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great. Um, yeah, so a lot of these examples are absolutely true. The company that Eleanor worked for is pretty seedy. Um the coffee owner the coffee shop owner capitalizing on his sexual harassment suit by creating punch cards with a woman on it yeah the shape of a headless woman's torso yeah it's, it's, real class act yeah mm-hmm. the flashbacks are showing that the world isn't the best 
Yeah, no. And the people yeah. that we've met are not very nice. Yeah, and as Will Allen says here, this paints a picture of the real world as a place of injustice, selfishness, and indignity. It's a wonder that anyone good ever comes from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll yeah. Uh, keep an eye out and see if these trends continue. Yeah, definitely. So we received another email from Ben. Thank you, Ben. And thanks for writing us on an airplane. Yeah, That's yeah. Cool. I'm really sorry that you had to sit next to someone who took off both their socks and shoes. Mm-hmm. Or, well, shoes and socks. I guess you can't really take your socks off if you haven't taken your shoes off. No, that's a talent. That's like taking your underpants off without taking your pants off. But yeah, if you were sitting next to someone like that, then I'd just be like, well, appreciate the magic. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You Great took... show. Love it. <laughs> Which uh, listeners, if you watch the show, you know what Michael says about people who take their shoes and socks off on an airplane. Yeah, that's a no-no. That's, that's a, a big no-no. <laughs> so um, as far as your email goes, I, I feel like the content is... Better discussed in a later episode, perhaps 11 or 12, um, just because it touches on many of the deeds that everybody has done and how they got into the bad place. So what we're going to do is we're going to put it on ice and bring it up later on. Mm -hmm. So thank you. And we look forward to hearing from you again. Yeah. All right, if you've stuck with us through this whole winding spoiler zone, thank you very much. Thanks for sticking with us, guys, and we will see you next Thursday. Bye. Bye. Or as Jason would say, peace. Peace.